Alex Simmons. Hello there, Mr. Uh, uh, oh, Ryan. Yeah, that's right. Chris Ryan calling Chris for Ryan. Yes, that's because right. They let us time. loose again. Once again, it's time to tell the damn story. Yep. Are the you doing something? I'm hearing a funny sound. Say what, sir? Well, one, you're low again. Uh, and I actually got a comment from one of our listeners that there was one of our shows where um, it was harder to hear you. So I'm wondering if something's going on with our equipment or our, our software. Um, I don't I don't know about that. I listen back to every episode and, uh, and both sound uh, uh, audible. Um, I was, uh, well, truth be told, I was putting the kettle back on the oven and a little <laughs> bit away from the microphone for that second. But uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, for some odd reason, though, it is it is interesting. You do sound like when we were talking before, uh, just on a regular uh, phone call, you were louder than you are now. I and have I'm, headphones on. Do you want me to put them back on? Yeah. Would you? Let's see. Let's see what happens with that. Yeah. I just want to make sure that they do not miss any of the, the remarkable uh, dulcet tones that issue forth from Mr. Ryan here. Snap, crackle, and pop. Here we go. How about this? That's not much better. Now I hear you better, and hopefully that will make it better for the audience as well. All right. So now that everybody can hear everybody, <laughs> what is the topic we're talking? What's the story we're telling? Well, you know, again, um, a lot of times people make the statement, not all people, but some people make the statement that art is political. I mean, that's that's you know all art is political and I you know I take issue with that um, I think sometimes art is art I think that like abstract people can see in it or take from it what they see or what they choose to take uh, I think yes sometimes art whether it's illustration dance film books whatever has a political message I think part of the the question is should an artist repurpose works that they've done to serve, uh, shall we say, uh, as commentary towards new or, shall we say, disturbing issues or political scenarios or things that uh, rise up. In other words, should we repurpose our art to address a new condition or an ongoing concern that um, we're facing? Well, I'd say two things about that. First, I would say that uh, you may not agree with me, but I think that in a way, all things are political. I mean, a flower is political in that we allowed the nature to take its course and create life. You know, we didn't stomp it out it to death or whatever. Um, but as far as the artist statement is concerned, repurposing, it depends on how it's done. You know, if uh, we were to take a blackjack story, for example, and that's when some of the stuff we were talking about, and put it out as saying, this is anti-fill-in-the-blank right there. 
then I think that's overtly political. But if we have a story that is completed, uh, has been published, and it makes a commentary or can offer some solace or some energy for a current event, to put it back in front of the public, I think is much more subtly political and more maybe even just adding background to the to the political discussion you know um i've been you you know my wife the goddess <laughs> tina yes yes, yes. And, I, I count her among like, my friends as, as i do you thank you and the goddess tina is um has very little vices, almost no vices, except when it comes to seeing the band U2. And uh, one concert is never enough for Tina. So right now we happen to be on the Tina tour where we are going to see the band five times. Ah. Five times. But one wait, of the wait, I'm sorry, I just got to ask, that, are we talking about five times in the same locale or are you following well, them? No, no. Um, we're, we saw them once in Nassau Coliseum in the beginning of June. And then we've seen them twice at Madison Square Garden. And we will see them again at Madison Square Garden. And we'll also see them at the Prudential Center in New Jersey. So we've gone from Long Island to New York City to New Jersey. And then back to New York City. The reason I bring it up is because early in June, when we saw... You uh, two, the lead singer, who has always been a talker and has very often been overtly political, was in fact overtly political. In a time where overtly political doesn't work, you know. So then earlier this week, we saw the second show. And it was interesting to note how he had rewritten what he had said in Nassau to be more subtle. And then last night we saw him a third time and he had rewritten it again to be more subtle and more artistic and took away the slaps and punches at particular political figures and instead refocused on defending the idea of America, the idea that anybody can come to this country and carve out a place for themselves, create who they want to be, you know, and become an American, bringing, bringing whatever cultural um, contributions they have, much like these four guys from Dublin, um, or, you know, maybe someone from India or someone from Africa or someone from Australia would bring that culture. But especially by the time that those people's children grow up, they become part of the American mosaic, the great fabric, mm -hmm. right? Um, he says that idea is in danger right now and is worth defending. And it was very effective. It was the most effective of the three shows. It was interesting to see it, him um, rewrite his words, but also repurpose 
the songs that he was singing. There's a one song um, called Acrobat. And it hadn't been played live ever. And it came out in 19... God, I want to see 1980. Um but it's perfect for this time. You know, um, basically, it's a don't let the bastards grind you down. Um, and in context of, of each side of the political spectrum, trying to grind the other side down with, you know, accusations and with put downs and insults and labels it was a perfect song and for him to follow that up with the idea of both sides need to defend the idea of America, each stepping towards the center with their view of how to express the idea of America, that the, the more they step towards each other, the closer it'll come to reviving the beauty of that idea and safeguarding it. Um, it was it was wonderful, and uh, one of the results was uh, us talking about some of the material, some of the black blackjack material we have, and how it could be a useful addition to the discussion. You, you know, I think one of the the reasons I was listening to you, and um, I think one of the, the joys of dialogues like this between you and I or, or any, uh, any people who have, you know, different life experiences is being able to listen, one, hear, two, process what you're hearing, three, the word choices in particular, and, and seeing if there's a common denominator or if there's something on your side of the fence that matches up with something from the other side of the fence. Offense. And one of the things that, that I'm, I'm hearing is um, the word political. You know, the, I think part of the problem is that, and writers, I mean, just making sure that everybody understands we're still tell the damn story. Writers who are artists, folks, um, we, we paint or we choreograph or with, with words. And choosing words is a major exercise for us, choosing the right words, uh, reevaluating and trying to make sure we're clear what we're saying so that we do pick words that paint that picture or play that melody properly. And I think political to me has a connotation to it that to me does not envelop enough of the variety of material that, that people apply it to. I think... Not what, anymore. What, what, yeah, what, what, what um, Bono did, or may have done, I don't know him, I was not there, but listening to what you're saying, I'm curious about him as an artist looking at what was said at that first concert where you experienced him. And, and then looking at what you heard the second time and then the third time, was that the artist, the writer, wanting to make more clear, more uh, accessible what he, the, 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 the thought he's trying to put out there? Or was that even him looking at how he put that thought out there and realizing, 
I'm being, um, I'm not being inclusive. And let me find better words to express what is an inclusive concept. I would think it would be feedback from the other three in the band, from his wife, maybe from, you know, I mean, from other sources that he trusts. He is, and you know, and the essence of an artist is to be ongoing in your creativity, to strive to make a comment, to make a connection, writer to reader, that is helpful. And I think the, the rephrasing that he has done, the rewriting he has done, is so that his, the, this concert experience can be helpful. Well, yes, I think part of the thing they want to do is they want to inspire a defense of the idea of, uh, uh, a defense of the idea of America, you know, mm. and part of the wants, part of what they want to do is to um, help people who are hurting from this time, from this experience. And we talked in a, a recent episode about how um, I had to unfriend somebody because the violence and the, the personal attack of the words became embarrassing. You know, I was embarrassed for him. You the know? verbal violence, yeah. Yeah, it was just, you know, how can I help this guy not make himself sound like an animal? And that was the conclusion I came up to, to make the sacrifice of him as a friend on uh, Facebook so that he wouldn't be in a position to be so vile and such a brutal bully anymore. It wasn't, you know, his words didn't fill me full of fear. They filled me full of, oh, man, I feel so bad for this guy. You know, Mm. Um, U2's thing is not to bully, but to try and get America to see each side. You know, right now in America, we see each side as the enemy. And their effort through their music and through what Bono says is to try and get people to see each side as human again and to see each side, uh, the other side, as necessary, as a necessary partner in defense of the idea of America. It's very noble work, and I'm impressed with their effort. And they are putting on a show that is on the surface about the band's Innocence and Experience, that's the name of the tour, from what they believed and what they experienced as the children, and then what happened as they experienced fame and went off the rails, and what brought them back to themselves was what they learned when they were innocent, and to go Mm -hmm. back to your roots and go back to what they meant to each other and go back to what was important is what helped them refine themselves. And the same thing for us. We, lo- we look at artists um, in staying in music for a moment, but again, storytelling. Uh, you're talking, again, YouTube, and I'm, I'm hearing also in my head Sting singing, I hope the Russians love their children too, oh, yeah. and I'm hearing Marvin Gaye, what's going on, and I, you know, if I want, I can continue to go back to, to, to Dylan and, and, and uh, so many other, you know, uh, Curtis Mayfield, so many other people who express their views, their pain, their love, their, you know, their, their, their philosophy about life and, and 
strife and troubles and pain that people are going through. Was it and, Al Green, and, Love and Happiness? Right. Yeah. You know, you know, it's it's again, words are powerful things. Choosing the right words, painting that right set, that perfect picture, or painting that 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 imagery that helps, I think, sometimes people open up to a concept that they may have been closed to before is is absolutely part of what storytellers do and what artists do. Um, and again, I think another reason why I backpedal from the word political all the time, uh, it's the same way I backpedal from using uh, psychological terminologies about various people's actions or conditions, because I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I, I didn't study this, so I don't want to get caught in using catchphrases or, or sound bites to determine things that I may be unclear of or I think that are bigger than one word or two words. But um, you were talking about blackjack, and I think if you look at the body of work that, that has been done, you know, whether it was me writing or you writing or you and I writing together or uh, even um, a couple of the, the stories that were suggested by, by fans and things, when you look at that, uh, there's, there's uh, I guess, to some degree, people talk about, you know, heroes, role models, um, uh, history, you know, because there's a lot of that in it. You know, certainly I attempted to create a heroic figure. I created a heroic figure that I wanted to be uh, accessible and attractive and engaging. Well, to... let's, let's get real about it. You did create the figure. It is, he is a hero. He is an American hero. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I come at that from, from, I'm, to me, I'm still, I'm still working on it. I, I, I think part of it, it comes from, you know, your own belief system and your own, your own, um, you were saying that uh, Bono was talking about the band's innocent and innocence and, and life experiences. I think all artists, I say this to my students too, all artists must dig into their own experiences as well as, you know, whatever else is out there in order to tell stories, whether, again, whether it's for film or plays or novels or, or, or songs, you know, who are you? Where are you coming from? What have you experienced? How do you feel about these things? And what words and images can you conjure up to help convey these concepts and these stories to other people, some of who may never have experienced these things. Um, I, I mentioned to you at one point, and, and this is you know, political and non-political, uh, Don McGregor, you know, who is a buddy of mine for many, many, many years and is a writer and, and wrote for Marvel Comics and others, um, who wrote the Black Panthers, uh, Panthers Rage, which was the maxi series and was the first long monthly uh, Black Panther storyline, as I recall, that was uh, was put out by Marvel, you know, many many moons ago, so it's over thirty years ago, and it's what the film is based on. A lot of the material in that film is based on on that storyline. But anyway, Don was writing Black Panther, and he was he was writing from his heart and from his guts and from the things that he'd seen, and and really putting so much of of himself and the world as he viewed it into the story and wanting to make, as Don has often said, a good story, a good comic book, an exciting thing. He, he loved the characters and he just, he just wanted to, to do good writing. I mean, when you talk to Don, he just, his teeth start to come together. Just grit because he really wants you to understand how passionate he is about telling a good story. 
So he's writing these things and he's doing them for Marvel and, and he's having, you know, the life experiences that, that he's having. And years go by and he eventually is, uh, hears from a man who was a prisoner years before in South Africa in the, in the jail, a black man who was locked up at that time. And he, tell, he expresses to Don how those stories, those adventures with the Black Panther, the, the strife and things that that character was going through, are some of the things that helped keep him together and sane during his time in prison. And as I understand it, he was a more of a political prisoner than someone who had been locked up because he was robbing stores or, or going around assaulting people. So sometimes what you do will have an impact on a person who is not living the life you're living at all. And, and the impact is not even based on, oh, yeah, I'm going through exactly what that character in your story is going through. But sometimes what you put into your story will impact on others in ways that could be spiritual, political, social, or just human to human. And yes. I think that's the power of, of creativity. It's the power of art. I think it does have often as much of an ability to heal as it does to harm. So let's apply that to utilizing blackjack material to comment on issues of today. How do you feel about that? I have, I have, um, my approach has always been, I look at what's going on in my life. I look at what things inspired or impressed me growing up. I look at, the human condition globally as well as locally and whatever touches me at that time is what inspires that next story. So for instance, the story shooters, which is um, a short story. It's not an illustrated story. It's a short story in the collection, the, the anthology called shooters. Yes. Uh, that was inspired. If inspired is the right word. That was my reaction to a tragedy that occurred uh, at that time, which was the Columbine shootings. And for anybody listening to this who doesn't know what that is, it's one of the first, you know, media-covered, I don't want to say hype, but it, was, it filled the media and it filled our minds with horror. It was the first uh, high school, you know, sh random shooting where high school students went in armed and did horrible things, you know, to their fellow students and teachers. Lives were lost. It was, it was traumatic on every front. And that kind of thing continues to affect me that way. I, I, don't, I don't think I've become numb to it yet. And I hope I never do. But that particular story, that particular real-life incident bothered me. And I felt I wanted to comment on it somehow. I couldn't physically go there and do anything to make anything better. I, it was way too late for me to be physically there to stop it. So you want to say something about it. And so I wrote the shooter story, which puts three young men, armed young men in a public area to, and where they do a similar thing. And um, my character, Blackjack, is there to, to jump in there and to save as many lives as he can. Uh, and there's, there's subtext and there's other things going on that, you know, if you read the story, you'll see. 
unfortunately, that story is still valid because this kind of horror has continued to happen. And in some right. ways, I feel like it's escalated. And now, so I would, I would reprint that in a heartbeat because, unfortunately, again, it still applies to things that are going on now. Um, so, but it's a blackjack story. It's a blackjack adventure. Yeah, that has social undertones. Mm-hmm. But I would argue, respectfully, that it is not overtly political. And I would, I would probably agree with you because, again, I a shy away from overusing that word, and also it is not me railing at a political statement, it's more coming from a humanity, a statement about humanity. Certainly so, humanitarian statement. That's not quite accurate. So if, knock on wood, there was another school shooting, would reissuing that story feel political in your eyes or in your heart? I think my, I think for me, it it might feel like I was being, you know, I have to sort of take a second to feel what I feel and then express it more accurately. So when I, when I wrote it the first time, it was my emotional, spiritual reaction to something that, that tore me up. And, and I really wanted to make some sort of a, a comment out there that, you know, just somehow respond to it. If, uh, if, 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 God forbid, another scenario like that occurs, which again, there have been quite a few since. And even if I look at that, I didn't reissue that story during those other shootings. I didn't even think about reissuing that story, but I did think the story's out there and it made me think about that story when I heard about these other things. But I feel like I would, I personally would feel like I was being lazy by reissuing that story to reflect on current situations. I might, I might personally feel like I need to make a new statement or I might write another story reacting to what emotions I was going to, through at that time. So right, reacting more to the truth of the moment. Maybe that's what I'm saying. I, w- oh. I might react or respond more to how I genuinely felt at that moment and what I really wanted to say at that moment. Now, if at that moment I said, damn, I'm going to reprint shooters. I'm going to pull this out. Then if it was genuine, yes, I would do it. See, now I just moved through the experience. I I had to to process what I was feeling in order Mm -hmm. to make, you know, give a response, uh, an honest response to your question. Because I... I'll give you an example. Uh, the Onion uh, Humor website. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, every time there's a school shooting, they publish the same satirical article. You know, most powerful country in the world says there's nothing they can do uh, to stop school shooting. Something like that. I'm mm-hmm. getting the getting the headline, which is a punchline not meant for laughter but meant for commentary mm-hmm. um, first time they did it they were like got a reaction of wow you know on target but you know the 30th 40th 50th time they've done it 
it becomes a more powerful statement, you know. Um, I don't think that's political. I think that's social commentary. Um, similarly, looking at material that we have um, ready to go, because, you know, writing is always a process. And taking something that's ready to go and putting it before the public. Um, and then we have the secondary comment of how we do that. But putting it before the public as an immediate commentary on a current event. Uh, for me, is worth, is worth considering. We have an unfinished story. Uh, that Tim came to us with, and it was, you know, visual sketches mm -hmm. about... Um, Tim Fielder, okay? by the way, for anybody who doesn't know who we're talking about, he's a yes, wonderful he's... artist, you know, animator and so forth, and he's one of the people that we started out with doing Tell the Damn Story. Right. And without giving too much of the story away, um, Blackjack, uh, uh, there's the, the, the clan is there, and they're uh, hanging... Uh, a black kid or a black young adult off a tree and blackjack takes action. Um, they asked us to um, to do something for it and I, uh, to write the script for it and I asked if I could do it and what I wrote was um, a prayer, you know, a, a well-known prayer mm -hmm. and it, it, it fit in as a uh, a commentary of praying for everybody depicted, the clan, the victims, Blackjack himself, as at least in my eyes. Um, but we haven't finished that. That's not sitting ready to go, right? And um, I think there's some value in finishing it, even if we have no plan to put it out immediately. Because, oh God, it's horrible, horrible to say, but you know, in this country at this time, there's only um, it's only a matter of time before that statement will be needed again. So I, I of I am of the mind of having material ready to put out. We have um, we have two one sheets, one of blackjack um, standing uh, between a shack full of. Uh, poor white folk and would be attackers, you know, and we're also white uh, who are also white. And the comment is from, um, you know, American documents, we'll say. Um, we also have a picture of blackjack, cigar in mouth, gun in hand, standing uh, imposingly. And there's a series of uh, uh, sentences Let's start with, with the word B. And um, those two, I think, are other pieces of material that we might consider putting in uh, when current, uh, putting out again when social commentary uh, is needed. And it's, you know, I don't want to get political, but I believe that as artists that we feel and making a statement about how we feel is uh, worthwhile. 
and, but, and on, on, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish now. Comment. But the, and this turns it a little bit, you know, but there's a need to look at the larger picture. You know, are you contributing to an audience that's listening or are you, you know, and, and we talked recently about how, how um, some of my stuff has been attacked clearly without having been read. Um, you know, that's part of the equation now. So for read, writers out there and creatives out there, what we're really struggling with for people is do you do it? Do you not do it? When is it appropriate? How do you do it? You know, if you're not saying I'm, you know, I'm a conservative and this is my statement and those are the only people I want to listen to me or I'm a liberal or I'm a Democrat or I'm a uh, Republican. That's not what we're saying. That's not what you two were saying last night. That's not what we have said with um, Blackjack. We've said that America is worth defending. You know, that's not what I've said with my latest novel. Well, I've said America is worth defending. Uh, but people, you know, there's a knee-jerk reaction from uh, a sizable part of the culture. So how do you wrestle with that? Well, I think you have to decide, A, do you want to? That's, that's the first thing. You know, are you obligated to do that as a person or as a person, as a, as a woman, as a man, as a person of color, as a white person? You know, what, what are your What's obligations? Your What's your answer to that? Well, to me, and again, I've, I've had this debate, too, in particular, because I'm, you know, I'm African-American. You know, the, the question is always, a, uh, is a black person obligated to uh, use their art to comment politically or, or socially? Um, is it your, you know, in terms of the black cause, are you obligated to do that? And I think obligation, to me, translates into... Do you feel you have to? Is it, you know, do you have no choice? I think you always have a choice. I certainly have a choice. How people feel about my decision is, is, is a whole nother thing. But yeah, we have a choice. So no, you are not obligated if you don't feel you are. I feel that whatever I do, I not only represent myself, but I represent my race. Whether I want to or not, it is the matrix. It is how it's going to be. Um, when I travel abroad and I speak, uh, and this, this has come you know, to light on several occasions, when I travel abroad and I speak, if I am the only American there, then I am not only seen as Alex Simmons, and I'm not only seen as a black man, I am seen as the American. And subsequently, I'm now representing all three. But when I go there, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to be me. I'm not coming there waving a flag. I'm not coming there uh, declaring anything about all black people or such and such. I'm going there to be me. And in meeting me, you are meeting those other three categories, those other two categories. Well, the word me is in the middle of America. So <laughs> <laughs> you're pain in the butt. I am. Uh, but I, I mean, no, but seriously, no, there's, no, seriously, and, I, and I'm, I'm being serious. How people, how the audience perceives your work is not always in your control. True. So I think you've got to be true to yourself 
you've got to be true to the material that you are putting out there. Because once it's out there, again, like abstract painting, it's subject to interpretation. And you are, right now, you are walking around with a, uh, I'm a public figure target on your butt. Mm -hmm. And somebody may want to put their foot there. When you did the story, um, Simple Rebellion, you did it from the heart. You wrote it from your feelings and your views and your, your, your perceptions of America and the American dream and so forth and so on. Very genuine. It wasn't about, oh, I can make a few bucks off of this thing, meaning you know, you're, you're, you're knocking <laughs> something out for the money, okay? It was, I've got to say something. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to comment on this. I've got to share this. I've got to, and, and somewhere in there, I'm sure, I've got to fight to help keep the American, the image of America, the, the belief of, of democracy. I got I to fight idea to, keep that, of to keep that idea out there because this is valuable. All of that was you genuinely coming to the table to create mm -hmm. the story and put it out there. How people take it and see it, that's, that's, you got no control over that. That's true. You can, you can affect the promotional material to help them get a sense of or maybe clearly see where you're coming from, but how they react to that, we got no control. How they react to blackjack, we've got no control. And here's, so here's the deal. To me, my obligation is to tell the best story I can, to speak from the heart or the head or experiences as honestly as I can, to represent as best I can, to give it 110% and hope that I do it well enough that when it gets out there, it finds its audience. If, like with a simple rebellion, a blackjack story comes under attack, I have to be able to defend it from the core of this is genuine, this is for real, this is, this is me being 100% human being. Boom. So I can stand tall next to that. And so I think that's another reason why I'm sensitive about the word political. And even social commentary, social com somebody can look at social commentary and say, oh, that's a political statement. And I was sure. looking up, I was looking here at an article, um, a section of a piece. It was written by Eugene F. Miller. It's called, what does political, in quotes, mean? And it's on, you can find it uh, by Googling. You can find it on, online. But he says, political is a ubiquitous and seemingly indispensable term in the discussion of human affairs. That's his first sentence. Later, he goes on to say, the meaning of political is not just a problem of semantics. It is a question that political scientists must confront at the outset of inquiry. And that's just a, another portion. So, I mean, the word has become malleable. You know, people are using it as a catchphrase, as a, as a, as a banner over, as, as sometimes as a dig. Too, because if, if you're coming from the heart and you say something from the heart, they go, oh, you're just being political. That, that's already putting you down, putting your thing down, your genuine feeling, thought, intention down by just throwing that label on there and saying, oh, this, you know, that's just, that's just plastic. That's not genuine. That's not real gold. That's not real, real ivory. That's not real porcelain. That's plastic. You're just being political. So I think, again, as writers, as artists, whatever we create, We've got to understand why we created it. And if we're coming from a genuine place and it is political, okay, then fine. The title fits. Wear it. But otherwise, we've got to understand, at least for me, I've got to understand why am I doing this? 
which goes back okay. to your blackjack thing, which goes back to my saying, how I feel at that time will determine my intention. Okay. And if I choose to repurpose something, then I need to be clear, why am I doing this? So if I put uh, like one of the pieces that we did that you wrote, uh, I edited, but you wrote it, uh, called um, Call, of Call, Duty. Call of Duty. Right. We put that out there. That storyline is Aaron coming to a friend who's of another culture, coming to that friend's, because that friend has requested his help, getting there, finding out about, I'm not going to tell the whole story, finding an atrocity has been committed and going into action to rescue lives. Who those lives belong to, that's a part of the story. You look into it. Yes. When we wrote this, how far back was this in time? When, what year was this? That's 10 or 15 years ago. Right. Okay. So when anybody reads this now, unless they look at the date, they may assume that this story was created because of things that are going on in current day. But this thing is 15 years ago. Right. All right. So how they see it is how they're going to see it. Why right. we put it out there is the only thing we have control over. True. Um, 1984 was written by George Orwell so long ago, but it's on the bestseller list this year. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, because art lives, you know, and sometimes it's, it becomes ridiculously more relevant. Um, I initially pitched, uh, putting call of duty back out there because I think the, message of the story or the subtext of the story is extremely relevant. This story doesn't even take place in the United States of America, but right. blackjack is consummately an American hero throughout that story. I think throughout all his stories, you know, for me, I see him shoulder to shoulder with captain America, shoulder to shoulder with, uh, um, Lone Ranger, Superman, you know, the American hero, you know. Um, and I think that story, not because I wrote it, but because of, of the stuff. Uh, and you, you really taught me how to write Blackjack in that, in, in that piece because of the uh, edits, you know. So I learned a lot from that uh, piece. Um, but because of the elements of the story, the, the parts that... Uh, there are clear parts in that story that um, that ring true now, or at least give some solace um, or say, you know, it is right for us to care about this topic and to care about these particular victims. And to um, care about others. And, yeah. And that's pretty much what that damn story tells. <laughs> So the question will remain, and, and I guess people will see whether we re-put it out or not. It is findable. Call of Duty is out there free of charge. It is out there, right? Yeah, yeah I'm, you, I'm sure you can Google it. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, it's a comic strip, so... It's, yep, it's, it's a yeah. series. I think it's a 10-part comic strip. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, um, it's an ongoing thing. You would have to be, because of... Uh, uh, you know, this is Alex Simmons' Blackjack, and we are close friends. You would have to be 100% uh, comfortable and confident. Um, I tend to uh, run in first and then worry about confidence. 
well, I think in this case, if you go in low and I go in high, we'll be okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, all right. So I'm going to say um, one more the time. Strip. You know, the here we are. Continues. Yeah. yeah, the story continues uh, and we'll continue to tell it. And I hope this uh, episode was was uh, useful, entertaining, engaging, thought provoking to any and all who listen. And, and I, I hope it illustrated that part of being a creative is having these kind of conversations and having even if it's in your own head, what am I doing and why am I doing it? There and that's go. part of being a creative and it's part of telling the damn story. And we'll be back to do that again very soon. You guys take care. And by the way, you know, as always, let us know what you think in the comments below or send us an email. The address is there. Take care, everybody. Take care, Chris. Take care. Bye. Bye.